Zach, I would like you to start this episode with the three blind mice in nursery rhyme. Beginning to end. <clears throat> three blind mice, three blind mice, see how they run, see how they run. The one fell over the other one. The one got caught in the clock, and then there was no mice. Welcome wow. to Ken Corner. Um, <laughs> Don't drink the tea. Crossover thing. Mini well, this, bonus whatever. This episode is an amalgam. It is a mystery. This episode is formless, shapeless. This episode is an enigma. In this episode, we are going to be talking about... <laughs> you just proceeded to tell them all that this episode is is meta, and now you're like, now here's exactly what it's about. And now the episode is actually, we're going to review a stupid movie we saw called See How They Run, which is Christie related, and that's why we're going to talk about it. And also, Ken is here because... What is it, Christie adjacent? Is that what they say? Yeah, Christie adjacent. It wasn't stupid. Not all of it. Well, I'm saying stupid because I didn't like it. <laughs> yes, I know that's why you're saying it. I still can't figure out how to get out of the sunroom. And they said okay. if I if I did this one, then they would show me how. Yes. So uh, Ken is going to appear because we you know we respect him at least as someone knowledgeable with making the film. So and nobody knows who the director of See How They Run is because he's only done like one other movie. Yeah, and we respect you because you've at least done two that we know of. I've done a f yes, at least two movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you name some of them? Well, there's the first first Agatha Christie one. Yeah. And then there was the second Agatha Christie mm -hmm. one. Well, I meant outside of ones we already mentioned. Um, I don't like to talk about those on oh, this podcast right. oh, because fair. this is an Agatha Christie podcast. That's fair. Cool. Yeah. We, we do talk about a lot of stuff, though. Well, like I don't. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in case you guys didn't know, because it didn't have a whole lot of press, See How They Run was a kind of like comedy whodunit parody spoof kind of thing <laughs> that was like a golden age murder mystery. And the way that it's Christie adjacent is the plot is centered around... Uh, the mousetrap. Yeah, a group of people that want to make the mousetrap, which we haven't talked about in the, on the show yet because we're not there. No. But the mousetrap is cr the play that Christy wrote. It's the longest-running play ever. Yep. And it, uh, she wrote in its contract, like, she sold the rights to somebody to make it into a movie, but the contract said, oh, you can make it into a movie once the Broadway run is... Or not the Broadway run, but once its theater yeah. run is up. <laughs> and it's never been up. Yeah. The only thing that's ever paused it was COVID. And so now... Which is it's hilarious. Been, it's awesome. And now since it's been, like, 70 years, it would just be in bad taste to make a mousetrap movie. But this, uh, this movie, See How They Run, is kind of, like, playing with that idea by putting that into the plot where murders happen around this uh, play being made into a movie. Two detectives, Saoirse Ronan uh -huh. and, and, Sam Rockwell. and Sam Rockwell are two detectives who are trying to solve the murder of the director of this. The, 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 is supposed to be the director oh, of the Yeah, that's of the coming movie. to screen, gets murdered. Yeah. All right, let's talk about it. Okay. Um, so, I again, like we've said several times, it's just fun to see Christie's name... Out and about, and yeah. just... She's um, having a moment. Yeah, and this was a, a big release with big names in it, and yeah. so, just, yeah, just more people being aware of her, or, like, oh, you know, everybody's heard of her, but have I ever really picked up one of her books and read it? All right. So, I'm glad that she's getting the press. Um, I I don't know. I, I, I liked it, for the most part. Like a solid two thirds of it, I thought were really great, and then there was a substantial chunk that I had big problems with. Mm -hmm. 
So, what about you? Yeah, I kept, I enjoyed like so many aspects of it, like beautiful aesthetics. Yeah, like you know, they really nailed the golden age, nineteen twenties mystery vibe, and costumes were great. Yeah, and there was quite a bit of it that was pretty funny. Uh huh. Um, but all along, I was really trying to force myself to enjoy it more than I actually was. And I think the thing that I came away with disliking about it the most was it just not feeling like it had any um, unity in like what it wanted to be, a spoof, uh-huh. a parody, what its message was, which I know is stupid to say for a comedy, but it seemed <laughs> like it wanted to be about something a couple different times, and it kind of abandoned that. Yeah. And some actors were playing like, oh, this is a parody. Some actors were like... Uh, this is dry, you know, they, it felt like all very, uh, too varied in order for it to all come together because there were some scenes that were incredibly funny and other times like, this is really, really slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in the end, I the more I thought about it, the more I disliked it. And as a Christie fan, I disliked it even more because of the way I felt like it, it treated the Christie legacy. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, again, I feel like it started out great and there were a lot of really good performances Mm -hmm. i loved a lot of the actors that were in it and i just yeah it started out it it didn't really pick its lane at all because it starts out kind of making fun of whodunits and mysteries Mm -hmm. which is completely deserved it's not like no you can't talk about it It is a genre with very defined rules and they can be very Mm tropey And they deserve to have, like, you know, to have fun poked mm-hmm. at them. Um, but, yeah, then, then it got, it went kind of off in left field. And there was, like, some really bizarre references that were made that I don't see any reason why they were made. It was like, okay, now we're just sh- throwing stuff in here for time. And you didn't need to add any more time to it. I don't know. I, I just yeah. don't know. It, it was a lot of head scratching. Like, what? Right. Yeah. And, like, as far as the murder mystery at the core of it went, like, I was, like, oh, pleasantly surprised at the end. I was like, oh, I didn't see that person being the murderer. Uh And then one thing that I've heard discussed about this movie, I have Chris and Charlotte, that Sophie Hanna has a podcast, and she talked about this movie. Oh, yeah. I wanted Um, to hear what... Yeah. At the end, she was talking about what they kind of discuss, which is, like, is it okay to base your fiction on something traumatic that happened in real life Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like because the mousetrap was loosely based on a real event and it kind of feels like at the end they're like oh that's kind of what this was all about but then it's like it actually no it wasn't though Uh like that's kind of an interesting idea because i and this is me as a christie fan so it feels a little unfair but i always felt like they're kind of being kind of like mean to christie which was weird because the movie was set up as if to be a tribute but so often the characters would be like this play is kind of stupid. Christy's not really a writer. Uh-huh. And I kept waiting for them to be like, oh, actually, this, she's really clever. <laughs> and then at the end, the kind of the moral was was actually like, oh, yeah, murder mysteries are kind of stupid, which, you know, often is the case. Yeah. But it was weird that they, th- this movie, like, kind of presented itself as a tribute to her, but never said a kind word to her, only an unkind word. And then they pre- pre- presented her in the movie like she was a nutcase. Yeah. She was a character at the end and she was insane. And not and I'm not saying like they didn't really do it for comedy. Like she they were just like, oh, this is how Christy was, and she's like a freak. <laughs> yeah, um, that was when I saw the woman that they had cast play Christy, I, I had this horrible 
the rage. It was like the worst possible choice. The only, the only thing that I've thought about this so much. The only thing that could have made me matter was if like they had chosen like Taylor Swift to play. Because I even thought about okay, would I have been this upset if Lady Gaga? had been asked to play Christy. No, and I feel like she would have leaned into it yeah. and made it accurate and would right. probably have had, you know, a pretty interesting costume choice. Yeah. The only thing that <laughs> would have Christy made... Christy dress and meat. The only thing that would have made me matter is Taylor Swift just because, yeah. you know, she would have been like, hi, I'm Taylor Swift playing Agatha Christy. But this woman, this woman... Yeah. The, the, uh, what is her name? I don't, I don't even know, know her, her name. name. But she, and you don't need to? It's like Shirley something. But she uh, has been in every horrible Christy... She was in the terrible murder as easy as the killer, and she was in the John Malkovich a- ABC murders. So that's her. Uh, <laughs> that's her track record. And she and but she's like so proud of it. It's yeah. not like oh yeah, I was in these weird things. Why would you pick her? She's a choice. Why? She looks nothing like Christy. She's like a very tiny no. woman, and Christy was tall. And, yeah. And it's just a weird way that they they played her. And then yeah, like through the whole movie being like. This is this stuff is stupid. I just expected it to be like this is a tribute to Christy because uh-huh. and because I saw reviews where they were like this is kind of saying like time time for Christy era stuff to end and the knives out era to come in and I'd be like that's not how it's about and then I watched it and I'm like it does kind of feel that way even though knives out Ryan Johnson is like no I owe everything to Christy I want to yeah. be exactly like Christy and that's literally the last interview I saw from him is like I'm trying to do what Christy did with everything I do I'm not just building a franchise for a franchise sake doing something completely different every single time. Yeah. And, you know, that's just someone like Ryan or Ken here sitting in front of us who obviously has the <laughs> You're affection. You're still trying to get out. Who has the affection for Christy when they come to it. I feel like, and he said in an interview, the director who made this movie, when I was asked to, he was like, I had never read a Christy, so I went to pick her one up. And I was like, oh yeah, I know Christy because it's just like in my culture. And then he went to direct the movie, but... I don't think he did know Christy because no. he knew it from a basic, oh yeah, I know the tropes. Like a Google search of right. Christy. But like Ryan Johnson said, like, no, she did something different every single time and you don't know that because you're not reading them. You're not a fan. And so right. why and are you, you can, directing? You know when it's a fan. Like, yeah. Ken, it's obvious Ken is a fan. Yes. Ken. And has a lot I, of respect yes. for her. What's your favorite Christy book? My favorite Christy book? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> why? <laughs> that is an unfair question to ask me. What's one of your favorites? Ah. <sighs> I love so many of them. Um, as you've recently discussed, Towards Zero is, is a fantastic one. Oh, nice. We um, love that one. I feel like that is really an underrated book yeah. that people don't hear. They, it, it, it doesn't so come good. to people's forefront of their mind when yeah. they think Christie. You know, it's all about, you know, uh, Motor on the Orient Express and, yeah. you know, and uh, Ten Little Indians and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I love, a, I, I love a deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. We said the same thing. That's insane because I haven't heard those yet because they're, yeah, they're not out. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you could tell that it was like trying to be Christy adjacent, like writing that because there was no point for it to right. have that in it. But you think if it was tackling the mousetrap, it, this would be with a love of Christy, right? And, and was... like, why would you? It, why would you start this if it wasn't a passion project? Like, yeah. like Ryan Johnson's like, hey, I like Christy. I'm gonna model something after her. Right. Um. You talked earlier about, what's his name? Michaelides, what's his first name? Alex Michaelides, yeah. Right, who is, like, obviously, like, a super fan and, like, wants to talk about it all the time and is finding ways to shoehorn it into his interviews and his conversations. Right. You know, that's the true love. So why would you set up this whole movie that was about her work Mm -hmm. and her genre 
if you didn't have something to say. Yeah. I can't imagine coming away from that movie thinking it was... Because there's a lot of people who call that a tribute. It just felt... Like I think that's ostensibly what it was supposed to be. Yeah, that was be. what it was supposed to be. But it's like... But you never say a good word about her. Yeah. And I'm sure at the time, she probably did get a lot of that. Like, oh, yeah. people saying, Still oh, that was, yeah. that was my idea, not yours. Yeah. And, and I'm sure a lot of that stuff actually genuinely happened. But... Um, there was some technical stuff, too, that I have an issue with, with the movie. Like, like why on earth did you have a whole scene with the bar from The Shining, which was from the 70s? Right. Had nothing... What, why? But, I mean, like, the Hitchcock reference and was like, okay, that that's, makes more sense. that's slightly anachronistic, but you could still make it work. But the, the shy thing was just like, this is this is idiotic. Right. Which is a shame because it was beautifully shot. Now, Ken, I thought you did a little bit of a faux pas when you had uh, Book reference Casablanca in Death on the Nile when Casablanca hadn't come out yet. Oh, wow. This is a different universe. you got to understand, Casablanca came out earlier. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yes, it is. It's... I thought Death on the Nile was set in our universe. No, no, no. Okay. It's in the metaverse. I actually didn't. I wasn't aware of that. It's it's a totally different universe. Like yeah, but what is that like a like a four or five year difference, not a twenty year gap? Right, right, right. right. Between the fifties and the seventies. Yeah. Like, no, that one is more egregious. It just reminded me. Ah, uh, I see. Yes. Well, you just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. And now you know something new. Yeah. <laughs> I never. And I need to watch the movies again with this new like lens, realizing like <laughs> I could never go to these places. Never once. <laughs> this they is don't a exist. Different universe. The Nile is not real. The Nile is just where Camosa mows the grass. Oh my god! Yeah, could you make a movie of Death Comes at the End so we can see Yakamosa on the screen? You know, I'll do my best, but you know, I'm really focusing on Hercule Poirot right now. Yeah. And if I try to throw him in an ancient Egypt story, <laughs> like, you know, it's going to be more egregious than the Casablanca That's true. reference. Who would you cast as Yakamosa? Oh, man. Oh, I should ask Ken that. Who would you Who cast as I want to hear what uh, Josh's opinion is first. <laughs> Somebody kind... Well, let me give you some... some uh, adjectives and you pick the actor. Someone kind, right. gentle, but able to play scary. Uh, oh, I know. I'm uh, not going to say. Uh, tall. Uh, you know, based off, based off these things, I'd really go with John Goodman. <laughs> oh, wow. That's actually really that's good. a good choice for the... Oh, the my gosh. I'm always yeah. expecting the most ridiculous and then these things come out that's like... Oh yeah, that works. I mean, he's a little old for it, but like, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, a younger. I think John Goodman should be in it. Who are you thinking? Nick Cage. Oh, oh Lord! Somebody. Oh Lord! I it's think like Nick Cage should completely. Be. I think Nick Cage should be in it. Like completely it be unpredictable. So, he should be so bad. He's like really nice one minute, and then he's overreacting. Problem is, you can't put Nick Cage in a Christie movie and make him the murderer because everybody automatic. It's like when Army Hammer was in Death of the Nile. You're automatically like, okay, well he's the murderer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I agree with you. It was like all over the place. Um, and it started out not like that. Like it had a, and one thing I heard Sophie Hannah say actually was that she, she said she could take this with a grain of salt, but that she knew someone who said that they thought that chunks of the movie were taken out. Like it I had some weird post-production because it had a weird release. Like it had weird marketing. Like yeah. maybe, maybe it was one of those movies where they just couldn't get it right with like, L- yeah, audiences. yeah. Maybe things just went, yeah, just, you know, not, not good, right. uh, bad fortunes. It's just everything just kind of happened poorly for it. But, and it's a shame because you've got Sam Rockwell, who's amazing, and it it was like I don't know. I don't feel like they let him do 
what he could have done. It was like he was in a different movie because everything he did was good. It's just like he could have done so much more and he was so reserved. Yeah. And he's so amazing. Like, he, everything he was doing I still enjoyed, but it was like I, they were always telling him to die. Right. And it's not fair to tell him to turn it down. Sorry, like, Ken. <laughs> because I, I read somewhere that he, he thought a lot about how to play the character mm-hmm. and that he eventually settled that he wanted to do like a... Like the old Pink Panther movies, like Clouseau, he wanted to do oh, like nothing like that. Exactly, and I think that that he, I think that's what he decided on. Yeah. And then someone was like, "Uh, no, just pretend you've been asleep for three weeks." Yeah. And, and maybe they, like, if he would have done it as a Clouseau, like it. he would have been yeah. a little bit more physical. He would have been great. I mean, he tried, like when he knocked the alarm clock off the desk and stuff like that. But yeah, he was always being held back, which isn't fair. And the movie needed that energy. Like, yeah. It would have you. We wouldn't have been. Thinking about, I think, the silly plot. If it was just like, this movie is a high-energy whodunit parody. Uh And then I wouldn't necessarily be thinking of, why are you being mean to my girl? (laughs) Yeah. And why did you cast that woman? Yes. Inexcusable. Unforgivable. Ken, who would you cast as Agatha Christie? That's an excellent question. And um, don't say John Goodman in a wig. (laughs) John Goodman in a wig would be an excellent choice. I'm just saying... He can do anything he wants. He can. Yeah, um, he's he's, he's a wonderful man. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question, and I haven't really given it much thought because Agatha Christie doesn't appear in her own works. Of right. Art. But I just like off the top of your head, like who's uh, an actress that you would be like, oh yes, her. Oh, of course. Um, I quite enjoyed um, the actress who did it in, in the Doctor Who episode. Yeah, I she's think pretty she, good. She just keeps going with it, and everybody's like, well, seems about right. She looks a lot like her too. Yeah, she did fine. It all lines up fine. with me. I've, every person, <laughs> while well, you said it, every person I've seen play Christie has said it better than that. Yeah, it was. It was. I was so thrilled when I found out she was in it. Like, right? Like, oh, the Christie character's in it, and it was. It was such a disappointment. Everything about it was bad. Yeah. So overall, like when I left this movie, I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, I like this and this, but whenever I talked about how much I disliked, eventually I was just like, no. I can't say I like this movie. I want to. Mm. It has all the elements that, like, it artistically I should. Sam Rockwell I love. And just the theme of it. But overall, it was, like, it just a big letdown. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have as much of a, like, okay, I'm just going to shut the door on this one. Because I did watch it a second time, like, on streaming. And I still liked all of the same things and was still irritated by all the same things. But for just how pretty it is... I would tell people just to watch it, just to kind of be, yeah. just kind of taken away, but just don't get too invested because it, it has a lot of mistakes. But I, like Adrian Brody was, that's, is that the right? Yeah. That the sounds guy wrong. That, the guy that got murdered. That's who it is? Yeah. He was amazing. He was excellent. He and he, was, he seemed to be, I mean, you never know, but he projected as if he was having fun. Mm-hmm. He knew very well who he was and what he was doing because he's not only the frame of the whole thing. Yeah. He's also the victim. And he did a really great job with that. The woman mm-hmm. who was playing, oh, what was her name? Petula? The actress. Or yeah. something. Her name is Ruth Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, the director lady. She did great. And same thing, she obviously was being funny. Mm-hmm. And like, she was invested in being funny. Yeah. And the guy who was pretending to be Richard, At- who played Richard Attenborough was hysterical. He mm-hmm. cracked me up. But, yeah, then other people was like, why are you, you can't take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Loosen up or something. I don't yeah. know. It's like, you're in a comedy. You don't have to be like so stiff upper lip. And then there's some weird things. And maybe what you said about things getting cut out has a lot to do with it. Because like they made a big deal out of the, the director woman had like a key on a necklace. Mm-hmm. 
and she was constantly playing with it and pulling at it and it was in shot a lot of the time and that goes absolutely nowhere it has yeah. nothing to do with it and it feels like it was deliberately being made a point it wasn't just like a, a you know just something for, for her to fiddle with mm -hmm. so maybe that was a big thing that got cut out i don't yeah, know i can see that yeah and that just makes it feel lopsided whenever you trim out that much stuff yeah 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 i'd say see how they run i give it a i give it a out of what? Out of 10. Oh, out of 10? Well, I'll do out of 5. Because that's how we rank things usually. Yeah. Usually we don't rank the movies, but probably my least favorite movie we've covered. Like where we've dedicated an episode to it, which we haven't done for many movies. Excuse me. Four or five now. Um, I would give it a... God, but I can't give it a two and a half. I, I would say three. Not I think that Adrian Brody saves a lot and, and the beauty of it. It is no. so pretty. It is. Not as pretty as your movies can. <laughs> But, Obviously, you know. my movies are beautiful. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, you've done some amazing work. How would you fix? <laughs> how would you fix? See how they run, good. Well, first off, immediately the most glaring problem in all of this is that John Goodman's not in it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> okay. I'm gonna throw that out there. Yeah, he deserves to be in more. He deserves it. So I throw him in there as any one of the characters. Doesn't matter. He'll he'll do fine. Yeah. Um. And then I would get them to stop hating so much. You know, it should be loosey-goosey. Don't take it so seriously. Just let it flow, man. Yeah. And then after that, I think it's all wrapped up and good. Like a new, like a brand new present ready for you to watch. It sounds like a brilliant movie, Ken. I think you should make every movie. <laughs> I think you should be the only director alive. Well, I'm, I'm pretty busy. And... Um, <laughs> If I got any more busy, I don't know that I would love it. And you know, you have to love, yeah, it, love it in order to make them good films. And your love of the content, like Charlotte said, is visible through your film. Yes. And that's why I see how they run uh, <laughs> suffers, I think. It doesn't have heart. Yeah. It's like if you ask someone who wasn't a Trekkie to direct yeah. a Star Trek film. It's Which... like, oh, well, I'll do a little research on it. And be like, no, no, you should have a line. You should have 50 people who have been Trekkies their whole lives who were just begging to help. And that doesn't mean that it wouldn't still be bad, but it would come from a place of love. But Zach here uh, saying, I don't know, I have to specify that. I'm always here. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. He, uh, I, I feel uh, that that was the case with Chris Chibnall and the new Doctor Who. He was always a fan of Doctor Who and he ruined. No, Chris Chibnall wasn't always a fan of Doctor Who. Yes, he was. He talked about watching it when he was a kid and all that stuff and loving like the old series. It's Peter Capaldi. Chris Chibnall, the guy who writes? Yeah. I don't think, he's, I don't think he used to be a fan of the show. But Anyway, I'm what were you sure. going to anyway, say? I was going to say, I, I remember reading something that was talking about how Chris Chibnall loved the old series, okay. and he didn't love the new version of the series. Okay. And because he loved the old series, he wanted to try to recreate it in the new series, but then whenever we watched it, we were like, this is trash garbage. Right. <laughs> and so even though he loved what was old, it didn't still work. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's... That's every, most every fan fiction ever. So just like, I love this, but that's terrible. You don't know how to well, write. What about Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic Park trilogy? <gasps> Horror. They are bad. Mm. I don't like those. Mm -mm. I mean, I didn't even watch this, the second one. Yeah. I watched one and three. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. The, I, the, the second one, I probably already said this, but it's my soapbox. The second one... There are some movies, like we were saying, okay, so See How They Run isn't great, but I watched it a second time. I will never, of my own volition, of my own choice, ever 
watch the second Jurassic World again. Ever. I will not do it. I hate it so much. I never want to see it again. And I disagree. I think Jurassic World Dominion is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. The no. No. Jurassic and World. What, what even the heck stupid name was Have it? Have you Jurassic even thought World? about um, The NeverEnding Story 3, though? <laughs> We're not talking about, like, blockbuster, like, on the movie screen. Oh, okay. I've got you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know. What, what redeeming factor at all did the second one have? I just thought it was better than the third one. No. Because it had, I mean, it didn't it have that locust subplot. My favorite thing about the third one is that it wasn't about dinosaurs. Right. That, that helped the second Nobody one. Nobody wants bugs. It had dinosaurs in it. It was one thing I appreciated. And it had Ted Levine in it. That's a plus. I like uh, no. uh, Ted Levine is there. He's Captain Sotomayor. Oh! <laughs> it's his arm it. No way. And the rest of him put his arm first. Did he play Captain Sotomayor? Not in Jurassic World. <laughs> that would have been awesome. He was a new character. He had like a hat. And he was like pretty much the character. He was, he was raptor world. fodder. Yeah, he, he was, was the Lost World character who was like, I'm going to shoot a dino. But American. Oh, uh, okay. Completely American. And I was like, Stalmer, Randy was not in it. <laughs> and he was like, hey. No, that was. Uh, that was Santa. Yeah. What was, what was Randy's song? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Um, he had a band. Yeah, what was his song about? Oh, why? Tell me why. Did a good man have to die? Let's just bring Monk back instead oh of all gosh. of this. Um, <laughs> instead of, but yeah, the, you know, you just because you love it doesn't mean that you're going to do a good job. You have to have the love and then marry it with skill. Right, And exactly. some people like College River have neither. Um, yeah. And the See How They Run guy, I, I don't really feel like there, he was a TV director before this, I don't really feel like he had like the unifying skill to direct yeah. a movie of this yeah. scale. But the cinematography was beautiful, and maybe yeah. one day he'll iron out the kinks and make a movie that's like full circle good, but... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. We just have Ken remake everything. Ken, could you remake See How They Run? Um, and all the Jurassic Park movies. Well, based on this book. conversation, what I first want to make is a Monk movie. Oh, if I'm being yeah. honest, Ken, I will be I will be first in line every night. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I don't care how bad it is. But what if Tony over. Shalhoub says no? Who are you going to cast as Monk? What you take one wild guess? Um, <laughs> you know, I think we've just run out of time. Uh, we probably need to wrap this up. Oh, wait, I know this one. I know this one. John Goodman. Absolutely. <laughs> Ken, thank you so much for being here. Let I'll show you out. Oh, thank you so much. I, You're allowed to leave now. I have to let anybody know where I am. They don't know, and they usually keep track of <laughs> oh, me. that's not good. Um, I think I heard a helicopter go over us. Yes. Oh, man, what if they think we kidnapped Kenneth Branagh? I'll set them straight. I'll say they said nice things about my movie, and that's all good with me. Thank you, Ken. I hope you come back <laughs> to play bingo with us. Bingo sounds excellent. <laughs> that's my day. second favorite game. All right, Ken, have a good day. All right, this goodbye. has been Ken Corner. <laughs> <laughs>